internet. Hi, internet. Fucking, <laughs> we're back at it. Woo! I already uh, fucked up. Uh, yeah. uh, first of all, I'd like to apologize. Um, last week we didn't have the theme song, and the because whole, you because you were missing your producer, yeah, Derek Boland, me, producer extraordinaire, great producer. I would argue that, but also a very handsome co-host. So yeah, what happened? Extremely was, knowledgeable. Last week I large dick recorded it at Tyler's Subspace Transmissions Studio, which is his kitchen with way better equipment than we have. But Shh, uh, they don't they don't need to know that. Oh. I mean, we have great equipment, and they gave me the file, and they're like, what you want to do is you want to download Audacity, and then you put this program in there and convert it, and then boost up the sound, and then you can add the theme song, and you can add the songs at the break and at the end. And I was like, oh, I'll definitely do that. And then I got home, and I was like, let's see if I could just upload it as, a, as like the native file they gave me. And it did, and then... Yeah. And we just left it like that. So I don't want to sound like a lazy guy, but I'm totally a lazy guy. And instead of downloading a program and learning how to use it and converting files and splicing files and music, I just uploaded it. And that's what you got. Weird how a guy who's refused to do any research over two years of recording a podcast. Oh, my gosh. This is the two-year anniversary of our podcast. Oh, is this really? Yeah. Dope. Congratulations, bro. Two years. We made it two years. Hey, uh, before we get into any of that other shit, welcome to Outrage Factory, the podcast where we look at the things that made people mad online this week and explain why they're dumb for caring. Uh, back from China, I am your co-host, Derek Bolin. I'm your co-host, Dale DeRuder, and I never left. This this is apparently our two-year anniversary episode. I so. mean, I, I went to the island. That that counts. I went to Victoria and looked at used books. Victoria is widely regarded as the China of British Columbia. Is it? Should be uh, regarded as the used bookstore capital <laughs> of Canada because they have so many used bookstores. I went into this one used bookstore and I was like, hey, do you have any Brian Sanderson or whatever the guy who wrote the Stormlight Archive is? And they're like, no, this is our overflow store. All that is popular. So it's at our regular used bookstore. So they have so many bookstores that they have overflow bookstores. That are used. Makes sense. That's and like, uh, crazy. what's the place I was telling you about in Portland? Uh, Powell's, Powell's yeah. Books. That's like, so they have like the one, they have one main store in like downtown mm-hmm. Portland. Yeah. And it's like eight floors of books and like every Damn. book you could ever want. And yeah. then they have like satellite, like overflow stores where like all the oh, other crazy. books go to. Um, yeah. For me, when I go to used bookstores, I find all this like sweet old 1970s sci-fi with the rad painted covers and i'm like oh man this is only two bucks i'm totally gonna buy it and i currently have about six books in the backlog since it takes me so long to read a book rad painted covers with big tittied alien women because that was socially acceptable back in the 1970s well midi medium titted because the 70s didn't really have a (laughs) infatuation with big breasts and big butts like says you do I had my dad's old Playboys from the 70s and 80s. And let me tell you, friend. Were they gigantic asses? They, they were. big old uh, titties? Yeah, they definitely appreciated a more uh, voluptuous woman. I guess that's like back in style now, thanks to the Kardashians and shit. But, yeah. Uh, uh, like back then, it was just in style because we didn't really know about nutrition. And they were like, <laughs> you're either starving or you're voluptuous. Those are the two types of body style <laughs> two, you get. Two extremes. Um, Do you think people are upset because 
we went from our guest host who didn't make dick jokes and talk about naked women in the 70s to us. I would say at least five of our seven listeners Mm -hmm. uh, are here for the dick and titty jokes. Yeah. Uh, Everyone else, fuck you because you're listening to the wrong podcast. We are not here to give you uh, any sort of like nuanced takes or intelligent opinions. Uh, I'm just here to talk about dicks and and butts. Yeah. And, uh, but... You probably will dunk on me for my terrible taste in movies. So I guess that's the through line from the last (laughs) podcast to this podcast. You do have really terrible taste. I do. Self-admittedly, I like entertainment. I'm when it comes to like movies, I'm pretty much the lowest common denominator. Yeah. But you did explain this the other day in that, like when you watch things, TV or movies, it's like you're only half paying attention. So the critical part of your brain that would give a shit about how awful something is isn't really dialed in yeah. it's just you're just like oh this thing is it exists and it's on a screen in my peripheral vision and yeah. that's good enough yeah exactly so anytime there's nuance or subtitles i just miss whatever's happening and so i don't like foreign movies or being smart when i'm watching movies speaking of foreign movies i was in china for two weeks and i did not get thrown in a chinese prison that's good yeah yeah um, were they warnings? Were they like, were, did you see people like watching you being like, we know you're from Canada. No. Well, cause the thing is like, I was like, if shit gets like really weird, then I'll yeah. just like start faking an Australian accent. Cause I'm <laughs> so good at that. Good day, mate. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't even come to that. Uh, and like, yeah, people were like, cause you have to like give people your passport to check into hotels yeah. so that they can like register you with the government and let them know you're staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one gave us <laughs> shit. You have to register know. with the government? Yeah. Like, like they're fucking strict. About, like, so if you're, if you're staying at a hotel, you just give them your passports and they'll register it in like the government database so that the government knows where you are. But if you're not staying at a hotel, if you like rent an Airbnb or you're staying with family or something, you have to like go to a local police precinct and give them your passport there so they can check you in. What is this, a communist country? I know, crazy, right? <laughs> Who would have thought it? Government sounds pretty invasive <laughs> of your everyday activities over there. But it was fine. People were stoked because we were white and they don't get too many of those, at least in the areas we were. So uh, we we're basically like a tourist attraction. The, yeah, you oh. were. I saw some of your posts online and then we were talking about it today and you said that you like – you guys pretty much were like the Jackson 5 over there because people made a circle around you and were like trying to touch your babies. Yeah, so uh, people in China, uh, it's probably a cultural thing, are not shy about reaching out and touching children, whereas here, that's liable to get your ass thrown in jail. Yeah. Uh, and so we were at this, it, it was all like it was everywhere we went. People would just be like taking random pictures of my son or. And it was just Noah. No one really gave a shit about me. It was like, oh, a white kid. Because I guess a lot of people uh, probably smartly, like a lot of white people travel there, but they don't bring their children with them. Um, Oh, yeah. So Noah was a fucking unicorn. And like people, like random strangers would see him like pass by on the street and just like turn around and take pictures of him. Or they'd see him in a store and they'd walk up and take pictures of him. Uh, and every time we walked by an Asian person, particularly an, an older Asian person, they'd just, like, reach out and, like, touch his head like he was, like, some, like... <laughs> like a little lucky, good luck Buddha. Like, yeah, like a lucky charm or something. Uh, and then the only time I ever really feared for our personal safety, we went to this... Um, it was It's called Old Town. It's basically, like, 
this really like the ruins of this ancient Chinese village where they've like built all these like it's like a market now essentially yeah. it's like Granville Island. Um, but we were there on Lunar New Year's Day and we were like waiting out front and there were fucking people everywhere. Uh, we're hanging out and there's like I look and there's like five kindly old like Chinese grandmothers like smiling at Noah and like hanging out and I'm like oh that's cool and then I turn back and look again and suddenly there's like a wall of 50 people that just materialized out of nowhere <laughs> and they're all kind of shuffling towards us and like reach it was like it felt very much like a zombie like a crowd of zombies yeah uh reaching out and like trying to touch Noah and Stella was another uh baby who was with us um and uh just some random baby just just some random yeah, my cousin's kid who was hanging yeah. out with us uh but they're like reaching out for these kids uh and it, i was like like holy fuck we're gonna get like either separated from our kids or yeah. like trampled or someone's getting abducted here i don't know who and uh my sister-in-law kathy who is chinese like saw this shit going on and like swiped in and berated all of the Chinese oh, that's good. Then, she saved you. Yeah, she saved. She you saved guys could have been like instinct or whatever boy band where they like rip your clothes off. Yeah, I mean, I would have been down. Yeah, I was. I was. I was looking for a Chinese wife while I was there. Uh, <laughs> didn't didn't pan out. So was no end all the attention. Did he like it or did it kind of like weird him out? He didn't. He's uh, you know, he doesn't like. He's a very sociable kid, and mm-hmm. but like if if you pay attention to him, he gets very awkward wait uh, so he's a bully yeah like, <laughs> like, basically yeah. he does everything he can to get, <laughs> to get attention. attention and then and when, when he, he gets, gets the attention he just like panics just like freezes yeah he's like yeah. oh okay well i got what i wanted i don't yeah. know how to entertain you anymore <laughs> it's very on brand definitely my son uh so he was fine with it he was just like okay whatever like he even yeah. like he didn't get like freaked out when people were touching him or whatever he just like sat there with this look on his face like okay this yeah it's cool i guess yeah uh i advised him i was like enjoy it while it lasts because you're gonna get back to a white people country no one's gonna give a fuck about you so just let all the people touch you and maybe one of these women will come overseas with me and let me hump a half Asian baby into her. Yeah, because your brother's kid, who is half Asian, is very cute. Super fucking cute. Might yeah. even be cuter than my fully white kid. I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe. Well, it's going to be like 10 years before Noah listens to these, so definitely yeah. cuter. And I know Dwayne listens to it right now. So, yeah, actually, Dwayne, your kid's oh, yeah. cuter. Yeah, Dwayne. Also, hit us up up on Patreon. (laughs) Send me some of that uh, sweet Chinese money. Yeah. Uh, So, and I come back to Vancouver, and uh, lo and behold, a local news story near and dear to my heart. Uh, We have a uh, fucking measles outbreak going on right now. It was like, it was teed up perfectly because it was like, Derek comes back. We just released one on Tuesday, so there's been a short span, so there hasn't been a much buildup of news. So I was like, I was like, oh, there's not going to be anything to talk about. And then Derek's like, well, there's the whole measles vaccine thing. I'm like, oh yeah, the whole. That's kind of like your pet, like fucking anger-inducing thing that keeps happening where people. I don't know. I personally. We like when did this start? Like five years ago, ten years ago? I think ten years ago was when the so there was this like seminal uh, uh, report published by this doctor called Andrew Wakefield that was mm-hmm. basically and this is the fucking one thing that people keep relying on um, that tied uh, the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine to mm-hmm. autism to yeah. raising autism rates in kids uh, and this. 
paper was published um, in some like uh, UK medical journal, and uh, basically it was like debunked shortly thereafter. It was debunked so thoroughly shortly thereafter that the guy ended up getting his medical license revoked because yeah. apparently he was in bed with uh, a company that was going to be pushing. Uh, an alternative vaccine. Yeah. Um, and he stood to profit enormously from that. So uh, he had his medical license stripped. The paper was debunked. And yet there's still like entire, uh, well, like we see it all the time. There are people yeah. out there who are convinced that, uh, that this, that vaccinations, any vaccinations, not just this one that was highlighted in this report, but like flu vaccines or uh, what's the H HPV. Yeah. Um, like any vaccine will give you autism and it's one of those things that's just kind of snowballed over the years on the internet. And now mm -hmm. there's like, uh, like, yeah, tons, tons of parents aren't vaccinating their kids because of the fear of autism. Um, and that's where we are. And this is kind of like, so, you know, until very recently, I was a guy who liked to go out of his way to find people to argue with online. Uh, and then, you know, until recently, till we got, a podcast so we can more efficiently one-sided argue with everybody online and not have to hear their comments back in real time. So it's the perfect. It is perfect. Like format. a couple. So I can argue with a couple hundred people at once. Yeah. And a couple hundred, <laughs> couple hundred, like seven. Maybe. <laughs> um, and they have to, uh, I, I don't have to listen to your dipshit counter arguments. I mean, they can, comment on our facebook page outrage really. fact pod but they don't really and uh and dale and i basically just agree with each other all the time yeah. so well my whole thing was like i was saying i i thought this was done i thought like like the wakefield guy he, his paper was so he had i can't remember the guy's name but he had said he it was written by him and another doctor whereas the other doctor didn't know it was going to be published hadn't okayed all the information in the final proof of the uh, paper that got published and vehemently withdrew his name for anything to do with it. So I thought, well, anybody who's going to do something as important as raise a child would Google something like this before they just believe it. But I was totally wrong because... I think a lot of the people will take... Uh, so as a guy who was once a new parent, like I, I spent a lot of, I even wrote a fucking parenting back when I had a parenting blog, I wrote a post about how I like relied on Google for all the answers to everything. But you like, you have a tiny kid, you're sleep deprived, the kid's eating up all your time. You still yeah. got to like go to work and shit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think a lot of new parents, they will do that, that first Google search where it's like, do vaccines cause autism? Which, are you going to do it right now? No, I'm looking for... Yeah, I'll do that right now. Okay, keep talking. What did you say? Do... Do vaccines cause autism? And they'll look at, like, the first two or three hits, and they'll draw their conclusion based off of that. Wait, what's the other shit? There was STDs, <laughs> Alzheimer's, ADHD. Do vaccines cause autism? History of vaccines... Uh, oh, no, these all seem pretty. Uh, oh, look, fourth hit. Vaccines cause autism. Age of autism. And that's four or five years old, and it's still the fourth one down. Whereas everything else that's re more recent than that is clearly debunking it. Now, what I was looking at, like, this has become such a problem that Reddit has 
a subreddit that instructs teenagers and I guess whatever you are before you're a teen, like preteens, how to go get yourself. Whatever you are, pre-teenager. Yeah, it's a pre-teen day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I said it, I kind of realized that it, it only makes sense. So I was going to Google that to try to find that actual subreddit, um, how to that. Yeah, so I was going to look for it to see if I could find it or if I was just being like these people and taking secondhand information off the internet without actually looking for it. So anyways, the reason we're talking about vaccines yet again is because Vancouver has had a measles outbreak. When did this happen? Like uh, Just over the past week. Um so what happened, uh, there is one family that uh, traveled to uh, Vietnam, which whew, dodged a bullet there. I was in China. My kids could have brought back measles. They went to a jungle country. They went to... Uh, without getting shots and vaccines. Oh, no. Here's, here's my favorite fucking thing. Okay. So there's this news article about the father... Um, he has three sons. They all developed uh, developed measles while they were in Vietnam. He, uh, direct quote from him, we were worried 10 to 12 years ago because there was a lot of debate around the MMR vaccine. Uh, doctors were coming out with research connecting the MMR vaccine with autism. I should correct him. There was one doctor and yeah. he has since been disbarred from the medical profession. Um, w- wait, where does he say Oh, uh, Bilodeau says he brought his sons to a travel clinic on Broadway Street before their trip where they received other vaccinations, but not vaccinations for measles because that's the one it's expected you get when you're a child. So, uh, yes, he took his three mostly vaccinated kids, I guess, to Vietnam uh, where they got measles, brought them back, uh, these kids. So that's three cases they've now identified. Uh, fuck. I don't know. Let me read. Let me read the article here. Uh, clearly more than 10 to 12. Uh, he has an 11 year old son, a, uh, all I know is he he has one 11 year old son. Where was the, there was two other kids. There was recently another outbreak of measles in Vancouver. Was that at Pemberton or like it was at a music festival? Was that when was this? Yeah, in the summer. Squamish. I think. Uh, no, I don't think Squamish happened this year. It must have been. It must have been Pemberton. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, anyways, so this is the second time this has happened in Vancouver, and I guess if you don't live in Vancouver, you should feel happy that you live in because pretty much any city in America besides Victoria has less hippies than Vancouver. True. Okay, so here's the other thing. So, uh vaccination rates have dropped uh basically I think 10% they've said. So, it's like 91% of kids uh in North America have been uh have received this vaccine. Uh mm-hmm. there's 10, 10% which is a really fucking high number uh of kids remain unvaccinated and they did a study and they found that uh Parents who were either extremely conservative or extremely liberal were the most likely to not vaccinate their kids. Really? Conservative parents? I didn't see that coming. Yeah. If you have extreme political views, I do kind of believe it's because you see this playing out in a lot of things where it's like 
they're they're likely to be the most distrustful of the media. They're likely to like be the most convinced of like their particular worldview. Like yeah. everyone else exists in that kind of gray area where like, yeah, you could convince them that maybe uh, a vaccine won't give your kid autism uh, and that measles is a bad thing. But if you have really extreme political beliefs, you're not going to be convinced no matter what side of the aisle you're on. So let's let's just put it out in plain view. If you are extreme left or extreme right, you're an idiot. Yes. So it's easy to see how as an idiot person, you would be able to be led to believe that vaccines cause autism, mostly because you're an idiot. It's less likely because of your political views. I think that's more of your political views came from you being an idiot. Yeah, your diseased brain has yeah. caused you to be like a hardliner fucking whatever you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where we're at. So it isn't like I thought the same thing, like shitty hippies are, are mm-hmm. rooting everything, but it actually there are like hardcore concern. And uh, the other side of that study that they did is that um, uh, so extreme conservatives and extreme liberals are likely to be anti-vaccine, but only the extreme conservatives are likely to oppose mandatory vaccinations because they don't like the government telling you what to do. Oh, yeah. They're more, I don't want to do this unless I want to do this. Like, you can't, they should definitely not go to China where you have to give the government check-in every time you go. Yeah, they would not fuck with China at all. Uh, yeah. But that's okay because I'm convinced that most of them probably couldn't even identify China on a map. Yeah, or they probably wouldn't go to a communist country to begin with since they're way far right and still hate the communists from the 50s. Is that when the hatred of uh, communism started the, in America? The Cold War, yeah. Like it, around the end of, of World War II uh, was when the Cold War really kicked off. Yeah, and they, since the McCarthy era. So it's funny because of that, like – um, people don't distrust people, uh, attach their distrust to, um, the political ideology of communism. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Russia's just kind of been like, like slink back into the shadows and now they're like fucking with shit. So like people were like, oh, Russia wasn't the problem. It was communism. Yeah. Uh, and then once, uh, Russia went democratic, it's like, oh, everything's okay. But Russia's actually like, I think Russia, the, there's, there's, do we have any Russian listeners, do you think? Probably not. Probably. Russia's the problem. Well, I mean, if we have Russian listeners, they're probably working at those troll farms where they try to exasperate the left versus the right. And us saying we don't like the left and right would be what they would hate more than us telling them. Like us saying you shouldn't be far left or far right they would have more disagreement than us attacking them for their communist beliefs. Right. Also, I want to say if you do work at a Russian troll farm and you are responsible for like fanning the flames of dissent between the left and the right, thank you because it's because of you that this podcast <laughs> is able to remain in business. Yeah, this is uh, true. Without you, we couldn't do the work that we do. So uh, thank you very much. I mean, yeah, they've made our podcast have like two years worth of material. They made stand-up comedy so much better. Like we went and saw Aziz Ansari. Yeah. And the through line of his whole set was how hilarious people are being that they're trying, that the left is trying to like, uh, what's that word we say all the time that people hate? Uh, uh, all of them? Uh, all of the words we say. One word signal. 
Virtue signaling. Virtue, yeah. He was like commenting how people are virtual signaling against the right and showing how they're left. And this is all like, like Derek said, being fanned by the Russian troll farms. So I guess you could say inadvertently Russian troll farms are our sponsor. I do want to go back to the Aziz show because it very much like ties into the entire premise of our podcast. I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to scream at him, hey, Aziz, come on our podcast from the audience because... Uh, he was like summing up outrage culture perfectly, but I would have been probably kicked out of the show. And you know that, what? So. I bet we would have been the only late thirties males that would say, "Hey, Zaziz, come on our podcast." Because That's true. We would be the only guys <laughs> with a podcast there. That, or we were definitely the only podcasters in attendance. I think there were. There's probably like an unwritten rule. They're like. Put your phone in this yonder bag and don't talk about your podcast. That's another thing. We're going to talk about those fucking phone bags. Uh, but let's go back to the measles thing first. Okay. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't like I assume most of our listeners are relatively well informed. That might be a bad assumption because they are listening to this podcast and we offer nothing in the way of actual news. Well, that just makes them feel good about themselves for how informed they are. Okay, good. Uh, so uh, I trust that they vaccinate their kids. If you don't vaccinate your kids, vaccinate your fucking kids. Any link at all between measles or the the vaccination and autism has been like debunked a decade ago. Um, there's There's no tie at all. Even if there was a link, I think... And this is just me talking. I think the risk, the slim risk of giving your child autism outweighs the risk of exposing uh, a lot of people who could die from measles to measles. Like your kid might not die, but a lot of people could. Uh, So I think it's I would rather uh, again Maybe this is something that comes back to bite me and they find out that having a podcast and saying that you would give your own son autism gives your son autism, in which case, sorry, Noah, I think that (laughs) I would make the choice still, even if they were like, there's like a 1% chance you can give your kid autism by giving this vaccine. I still vaccinate my kid. Yeah, that's a pretty low. Those are pretty low odds. Yeah. And I'm going to try to say this nicely, like. People who are anti-vaccine, I'm sure, have been called idiots a hundred times because, well, I'm not going to say it again. Anyways, what I'm going to say is I used to be like, whatever, don't vaccinate your kids. They're the ones that's going to get sick. Then it's your fault. But the problem is it's not that when you don't vaccinate your kids, they might get measles. The The problem is that if you don't vaccinate your kids, they might be a carrier for measles or even if they get measles... They can give it to anybody who, for one other, some reason or the other, had the vaccine but has like a compromised immune system. Like they've had cancer in their life and they had to take cancer treatment, or they had some sort of sickness that had uh, kind of disrupt their immune system. So it's not more. It's not. It's all about herd health. Like everybody says, herd health. Like. You want to keep the whole herd of people safe and healthy because if the herd isn't healthy, then uh, we don't get iPhones. Is that how it works? Yeah, I think that's basically sums it up. (laughs) That's pretty much what I say. Like pretty much we got to toe the line, keep everybody healthy because then we don't get technology because society will just 
fold in on itself. So yeah, herd immunity is is another big reason, and there are people, uh, and this may, mostly protects people like the elderly or people who are immunocompromised or people who uh, have HIV, which I guess would fall in the immunocompromised yeah. section. Uh, newborn babies, uh, people who are like already very sick in a hospital, which by the way, uh, in regards to this measles vaccination, uh, BC Children's Hospital had to issue a statement saying that uh, if you were present in BC Children's Hospital, which is a hospital in Vancouver where a large percentage of like immunocompromised children and newborn babies are contained, uh, if you were present there on any one of four days uh, in late January, early February, you could have also been exposed to measles, which like if you have a parent or if you are a parent and you decide against medical science when it comes to vaccinating your child, mm-hmm. you should not be permitted to take that child to a medical science facility such as a hospital if shit gets real because you've already kind of turned your back on that. Yeah. Like if you're going to be like a Christian scientist and just not take – Wait, are Christian scientists the one that believe that Jesus rode dinosaurs? Because I fucking love that. No. Christian I- scientists are the ones – that don't believe in medicine because they figure if you are injured and God wants you to still live, God will heal you. So they don't like go to hospitals or whatever. So it's like if you're going to have the belief of pretty much a Christian scientist where you don't get your kid vaccinated, then you should also have the belief of a Christian scientist where you don't go to hospitals to fix your kid once they're broken because, yeah, you screwed up. But I have another thought. Remember the NWO, the New World Order conspiracy? Yes. That they said uh, George Bush was in, George Bush Jr.? Or was it Sr.? Anyways, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was this like hotbed conspiracy theory called the New World Order. This is like Illuminati before Illuminati? Yeah, this During is, Illuminati? This is be pre-internet before we could just disprove everything. And there was this thing where... The conspiracy was the super rich and powerful people were trying to cut the population of the world. Was it in half or like down by 25%? Anyways, the whole point was they looked at like the resources as a pie and they realized that they were getting smaller slices of the pie as more people got actual slices of the pie. So what they wanted to do was kill a whole bunch of people so they could have more stuff. And I think maybe these people are the ones who originally sowed the anti-vaccine thing so that, like... Poor people and dumb people. The uneducated and the dumb people would kill themselves by giving them archaic, outdated uh, diseases like polio and measles... And rubella and whatever the initials of that shot are. MMR. You just so, said them all. You said yeah. every word in that shot. Okay. Why couldn't you come up with the acronym on your own? I, I so anyways, <laughs> if you aren't vaccinating your kids, you are being the Illuminati's lapdog. So, I mean, we probably are in more ways than that. But that's a whole other podcast oh yeah, topic. Like all this technology we just bring into our home that has cameras and recording devices in it. Yeah. I'm looking at one uh, right now. And then we're like, hey, how about we just record ourselves and put it on the internet on purpose? Yeah. So we're like. Let's give Facebook. Let's give Zuckerberg all of our personal data. I mean. Whatever. What am I What's he going to do with my data? Be like, wow, Dale 
probably doesn't do enough exciting stuff. Yeah, so. This guy jerks off a lot. This guy likes terrible <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, did I say vaccinate your kids? Vaccinate your fucking kids. Vaccinate if your kids aren't vaccinated. Take them. Take them to the vaccination store. Buy them a vaccine today, tomorrow. Yeah. If you're not going to vaccinate your kids. Uh, please take that vaccination money and donate it to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Outrage Factory. Yeah, that's the only time it's okay to not vaccinate your kids is if I personally uh, get money from it. Yeah. In a way, you can look at it as you're giving us money to vaccinate your brains with great opinions. Against exactly. great opinions? No, for great opinions. For great opinions. We're, we're vaccinating your brains against bad opinions. The only reason we have a podcast is because we have great opinions. You can't just have a podcast and not have great opinions. That's true. It's not like anybody can just buy a microphone and fucking upload audio to the internet. Yeah. See, the thing is, people, anybody can buy a microphone, download a program, record themselves, but they stop themselves because they're like, do I really want to put my opinion on the internet? Is it good enough for people to listen to? And me and Derek were like, yeah, our opinions are obviously the best. That's why we have them. So, yes, the whole internet should listen to us. For the record, we're not advocating that you start a podcast because our opinions are objectively better than everyone else's, whereas yeah. yours are probably shitty mm-hmm. unless you're agreeing with us. Yeah. But if you want – if you're like do have a podcast and you have a whole bunch of listeners that we can leech off of, be a guest host on our podcast and then we'll like – cannibalize your audience and then get more popular and become rich and famous cool on that note uh we're gonna take a quick break i think we we yeah let's take breaks we didn't take a break last time but that was more because i was lazy and didn't know how to edit yeah we're we are going to take a break because i'm a great producer and i know how to do that uh and then when I mean, we come back i'd try to argue that but last week's episode can't clearly is evidence that i can't argue, can't argue it. it yeah uh when we come back we will talk more about the aziz ansari show and uh other examples of bad parenting uh vaccinate your fucking kids Vaccinate your kids, <laughs> just in case there was any confusion. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, hey, we went to a comedy show. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, we went and saw seminal comedian slash mired in controversy. What was that? A year ago? Hey, it wasn't that. I mean, he didn't do so. Aziz, Aziz sorry. Ansar, yeah, we did talk about it on the podcast when the yeah. news broke. Uh, he got caught up in. Okay, Uh, being caught up is kind of dismissive of the the allegations against him. But he was uh, one of the people kind of um, uh, exposed in the me, the whole Me Too thing. Um, He wasn't as bad as Louis C.K., I guess there's like a sliding scale of these things, which there should be. But he was, uh, uh, for those of you who don't remember, there's a story that broke at the time and it was a girl who had gone on a date with him. And I think there was just the one the one woman who came and published an article basically saying that, like, he was really sexually aggressive and he kept trying to, like, put it in her. 
even though she had said no, and he like uh, fish fish hooked her. Is that what? Well, it was? he stuck his fingers in her mouth. In her mouth. Like when you say fish hooking, that sounds very violent because that's like a street fight move where you like fish hook someone to like also a sex move hurt them. And I don't think well, it wasn't a sex move because they weren't having sex. But they did they hook up. I I was led to believe that they had hooked up a like they were making out and he wanted to go further and she didn't type of deal. Uh, let, let's let I'm just, I'm just I mean, we did talk about this. Published a lengthy account from an anonymous 23 year old woman by far who called it by far the worst experience with the man I've ever had. Uh, but emphasizes that she has come to ex- understand her experience with Ansari's sexual assault. Um, uh, at one point, uh, Grace told Babe that she voiced that she didn't want to feel forced. And sorry, seemed to understand until he suggested they chill on the couch where he sat back and pointed to his penis and motioned for me to go down on him. She felt pressure to go along with it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, apparently he was, and we talked about it at the time. Um, yeah. And, and. Again, it's a tough one because, like, I read a lot of the shit in the story. Like, apparently he kept trying to, like, put it in her and she kept saying no. Um, but, like, were they grinding on each other and he was trying to put it in her? Because you can't go from, like, sitting beside each other on the couch not messing around to trying to put it in her without, like, a couple things happening. My whole uh, understanding was that they were making out, they were grinding, there was heavy petting. And he wanted to have sex with her, and she didn't. And then he just kept trying to go for it. Did the, did she blow him? And like, did he he like ate her out or something? Didn't he? I thought it was. I'm gonna click through to the original article. So it says it's a lengthy account. So you might have to give me a moment here. So this is unlike our usual thing where we haven't done research. This is more like we did the research and then forgot because it was a year ago. But. Anyways, while Derek looks that up, so <clears throat> he – did you find it? Uh, hop up and take a seat. Within moments, he was kissing her. Uh, then he was undressing her. Then he undressed himself. She remembers feeling uncomfortable at how quickly things escalated. Uh, when Ansari told her he was going to grab a condom within minutes of their first kiss, she voiced her hesitation explicitly. She said something like, well, let's relax for a second. Uh, she says he then resumed kissing her briefly, briefly performed. Are there children that listen to this podcast? Whatever. There shouldn't be. <laughs> like if you do. Uh, hey, kids, if you're listening to this podcast, check with your parents and make sure you're vaccinated. Uh, briefly <laughs> performed oral sex on her and asked her to do the same thing to him. She did, but not for long. It was really quick. Uh, she says Ansari began making a move on her that he repeated during their encounter. This is the weird thing. The movie kept doing was taking his two fingers in a V shape and putting them in my mouth, in my throat to wet his fingers. Uh, because the moment he'd stick his fingers in my throat, he'd go straight for my vagina and try to finger me. Grace called the move the claw. Grace called the move the claw. No word if, uh, Aziz called it the claw. Um, also physically pulled her hand towards his penis multiple times throughout the night. Uh, and, uh, she says she used verbal and nonverbal cues to indicate how uncomfortable and distressed she was. Uh, 
Whether Grace, whether Ansari didn't notice Grace's reticence or knowingly ignored it is impossible for her to say. Uh, Ansari wanted to have sex. Was there drinking involved? Probably. I mean, uh, why do you ask that question, Dale? Because if they were both drinking, they might have kind of been like more flirty than they wanted to be and then tried to pull it back. I don't know. For me, it's worse if they were both sober than if they were both drunk because I'm not saying it's okay to act this way when you're drunk, but it's just like you can't drive a car when you're drunk, so you don't have full control over what you're doing. Also, your like social cues and him being able to tell if she was not into it physically would have been hindered if he was had been drinking. Yeah, or, I mean, I certainly don't think that's an excuse. And, yeah. And, but that is, like, we do see alcohol playing a really... <laughs> gonna get a little preachy as a sober guy here. But, like, that is something <laughs> that plays, like, a really big factor into a lot of these, like... Um, and it's never an excuse at all, but you do see a lot of these, like, sexual assault encounters happening because... Uh, you get drunk, you you lose your inhibitions, you lose your inability to respond to other people's mm-hmm. cues. You get really aggressive. At least some people do. Yeah. Um, so I I don't I don't know. It doesn't really talk about whether they were like drunk. Um, yeah. Uh, so in the end, it is him being a creep. He was super creep, and I think that was kind of how he justified it at the time. Is that yeah. you and I were both like, we we've done this. Yeah. Like, and we felt shitty about it. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, he basically released a statement at the time being like, like, hey, I feel super shitty that I yeah. didn't pick up on these cues. Um, but but basically, like, denied that it was assault. He was like, you know, it's awful that she had a bad time. And, and I don't like I, I'm giving the dude the benefit of the doubt and maybe that's just because i like him as a comedian so i paid 90 dollars a ticket to go see his essentially his comeback to her yeah um where he he basically spent like an hour and a half indirectly addressing the controversy around this in a very interesting way um like basically just attacking internet outrage culture yeah. Um, solidly for the entire time. And, and you could kind of tell like the parallel was there for all the people who flew into it at outrage or were calling for his head yeah. uh, after this story broke without a lot of like context or, or nuance around it. So I wanted to talk about it on the podcast today. Uh, Dale, what's, what's your take? Yeah. I'm in about the same situation as you like, he didn't talk about me too or anything, but he did talk about people trying to, outwoke each other and not checking the facts before they launched with their opinion on what happened. Like his, the best example of this is spoiler alert. If you want to go see his stand up community, or this probably will be like a Netflix special at some point, but like, yeah, go for it. This is the most like eye opening part of the entire night. So he starts, he starts off this one joke. He talks about this pizza hut employee who makes this pizza that has, the pepperonis on the pizza kind of look like a swastika. And he was saying that some people were freaking out because they said he did it on purpose and it sh- he should lose his job. Whereas other people were saying that it kind of just looked like a pepperoni pizza and 
that you kind of had to extrapolate the swastika and it wasn't really on there. And then he was like, he asked the audience, he's like, who's seen this photo and who believes it's not a swastika? And then a bunch of people laugh. He's like, and who believes it is a swastika? And a couple people clap. And then he points someone out and he was like, why do you think it's a swastika? And they kind of like stumbled and tried to like bluff their way through why they thought it did. And he's like, you didn't really see the picture, did you? And then the audience member was like, no. And then it see, or Aziz was like, of course you didn't see it because I just made it up. It doesn't exist. And it was the most beautiful example of people trying to kind of either defend something like saying it didn't look like a swastika or saying it did look like a swastika without even knowing what they're talking about. Cause people feel like, they have to have an opinion on something to feel relevant to what's going on right now. Yeah, and it was it really was like truly the perfect microcosm of like the entire internet right now. Like yeah. anything on social media, you will see uh, people just like uh, jumping to to snap judgment and running their mouths sometimes for an hour plus on seventy seven <laughs> episodes of a podcast about things they know nothing about. Yeah. Um, and it was really it was really interesting to see, uh, again, the thing you talked about where it's like people are in this like it's like a video game where you're trying to earn yeah. progressive points for getting angry about things or like, uh, you know, identify what was he? He was talking about like uh, white people who talk about their white privilege or oh, I'd yeah, add like, like self-identify their white privilege yeah, or dudes who self-identify as feminists uh, yeah. on that as well. Like uh, everyone's doing it to earn like wokeness points on the Internet uh, yeah, it was, it was really well done. It was a lot of the comedy was really smart, but you could tell that there was like this subtext to it where he was like, yeah, everyone who got mad at me without understanding the full story is a fucking asshole. Um, yeah, you could tell it came from a point of bitterness that he got burned and maybe like it's, it's bad to say, but maybe this had to happen. So someone like Aziz could address it a lot smarter than me and Derek and kind of just, I think we address it really smartly every, that's every a week very good point. for 77 we weeks so far. We are brain geniuses and we do <laughs> With the best scientifically <laughs> approach this whole subject about as be- good as you can. It's just disease kind of did it a tiny bit better. Yeah. Also they, they give him a stage to do it. We have to do it from my fucking kitchen every week. So. Yeah. And he's had many, many weeks to practice this and fine tune it. And we just fucking spit it all out, record it and put it up. Yeah. Don't even really edit it that much. Cause I'm not, despite what I said earlier, I'm not that great a producer and yeah. I won't edit anything we say ever. I think if you started editing, like more than putting a song in the middle of it. If you started like, oh, I'm going to go back and like uh, edit out every time Dale can't think of a word or Dale says something stupid or oh. Derek's silent while we're Googling something, then the podcast would be 20 minutes. And people and- would enjoy it a lot more. <laughs> we can't have that. Yeah. And then we do it once and then the the fucking ceiling would be way too high. And everybody else who has a podcast would look at ours and be like, that is perfection. That is a flawless podcast. can't even come close to that. So we're not underachieving. We, I like to say we're making our podcast more accessible and um, less niche, I guess, is a good... Yeah. Kind of random More word broad, that has broadly, a lot of enough meaning. Broadly to, appealing. Yeah. 
Um, so Aziz Ansari, before he went on this recent tour, he did do uh, similar to Louis C.K., yeah. only not similar to Louis C.K. in that he didn't double down on being an offensive shithead. Um, he did... Uh, I know you have opinions. Yeah. He did... Uh, he did uh, like a pop-up show, like a surprise comedy show at a club in New York where he actually did address the allegations directly. Um, Probably turned out not too good from crowd response and that's why he didn't bring it up directly in this uh, yeah. show. Uh, there were times I felt really upset and humiliated and embarrassed and ultimately I just felt terrible this person felt this way and sorry explained. But you know, after a year, how I feel about it is I hope it was a step forward. It made me think about a lot and I hope I become a better person, uh, which is a good approach to take. Yeah. Like, uh, I like really... Uh, I'll, cover his comments before adding my awesome opinion on top okay. of it. Uh, if that has made not just me, but other guys think about this and just be more thoughtful and aware and willing to go that extra mile and make sure someone else is comfortable in that moment, that's a good thing, which is true. Um, I don't think any person is ever beyond redemption. Like I no. think like yeah, exactly. I look at how much I personally have changed as a person in yeah. the past like year or two years or five years or 10 years. Yeah. Um, I don't think, and that's why things like digging up tweets, which he also addressed from like, you dig up someone's tweet from like 2008 where oh, – what was it? Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart had said something homophobic 10 years ago and he was like, everybody said something homophobic 10 years ago because that's what was funny on the internet at that point. And it was more socially acceptable, yeah. And it's just not everybody's digging through our, our tweets. And like Derek touched on before, like I, the difference between Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari is Aziz – mentioned it, mentioned how bad he felt, and everybody's like, okay, he's grown as a person, and they're kind of giving him slack, whereas Louis C.K. is just like, look, I've been gone a year, isn't that enough? Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem to be as apologetic about his actions. He doesn't seem to be apologetic at all about his actions. Like, I don't think he even addressed it. Yeah, and, like, one thing we, like, the Me Too whole movement has been out for, what, over a year, year and a half about, And one thing we're going to have to start doing is maybe start talking about some of these lesser infractions like Aziz Ansari's and what they're going to have to do to like not only earn our trust, but get us to like them and accept them as entertainers for us again. Like, um, like there's some like, uh, Kevin Spacey and Weinstein where, is it Weinstein or Weinstein? Weinstein. Yeah. We're Weinstein where it's like. There's no redeeming that. They're gone. Like, there's nothing Kevin Spacey could say to me personally that would get me to forgive him. Whereas I already forgive Aziz Ansari because he's like, look, I'm sorry. I didn't understand what's going on. I'm going to try to be better in the beginning. And if everybody just tries to be better, like, that's what we want from Me Too is for everybody to look at their behavior self-evaluate what are you doing wrong how can i be a better person and look at that in like a thoughtful and intelligent way and not just be like oh guess i can't rub my dick on women anymore fucking woe is me like actually be like uh i think aziz said it best when he's like you look at how you can make the person you're with more comfortable in that situation rather than just like you know flapping your dick in their face and like you and i even when we initially covered the story we like it was a little cringy looking at my own past behavior and being like wow i've been a fucking asshole on a number of occasions with a lot of women well i've never given a woman the claw but i've been like (laughs) okay 
that implies that I have, and I oh, just yeah, want to okay. go on the record saying yeah. that I also have not given the women. Well, I was anyone sorry. This, I didn't want to like throw Derek down. <laughs> what I was trying to say was when we were looking at it. Like Aziz, don't give me the clock. Does that count? If Derek gives me, anyways. So what I'm trying to say is, like Derek, I looked back at my activity, and there had been some questionable. Like, there's that weird, like I'm not trying to defend men at all, but there's that point where you got your clothes off because dudes will get naked within 20 seconds, and sometimes they're naked even before that. You get to that. There's this point where you're with a girl where she has her top off. And it's kind of like the first or second date and she's keeping her pants on and she doesn't want to keep take her pants off. Like you do all the upstairs stuff. You could get you, a woman's shirt off on a first or second date. Yeah. Oh, slow down there, Don Juan. What's hey. your rush? <laughs> uh, I'm almost 40 and I'm going <laughs> to die. But there's that point where you got the top off and then you're making out and then you're like now what? Like, I don't like, I like this girl. I want to go further. And I understand why she's hesitant because that might be all I want. She doesn't know my, my motives. Like if I'm just trying to get as much as I can on the second date and then never talk to her again. So there's all this stuff, but you just got to talk to it, talk to them. And I've been at that point where I'm like, you want to go further? Can I stick my hand down their pants or your pants? And they're like, no. And then you try anyway, because like that's that's the point where you were doing like, so well until you I know. did that See, and then that's, you try anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not free of guilt here. I haven't done this recently, like within the last probably seven years. <laughs> I thought you were gonna name the exact duration of your relationship with Andrea. <laughs> Two <laughs> years and a half. No, and like because there's that odd point where you wanna kinda progress because you want a girl to feel like you're attracted to her sexually. So you try to kiss her and you try to touch her naughty bits. But when she says no, you got to pull back and talk about it. Be like, you basically now, like the mistake I said, like when I tried to put my hand down her pants anyway, like whatever, seven years ago, that was wrong. And I realize that now and I don't do anything like that anymore. And the whole point of this Me Too is we should be teaching all men that this isn't okay and that it's never above having an open conversation with a girl. Like you could be like, look, we're here. We both like each other obviously because you're very attractive and I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I want to go further. Do you want to go further? And then you can have that conversation where the girl's like, I do like you. I am attracted to you, but I'm not ready to go further yet. And then the guy gets to be like, oh, okay. And then like save his ego a bit where it's like the thought of something in the future can happen. You just don't want to like rush it all and then make it on special type of deal. So a couple of responses to things you just said. Yeah. Uh, I like the, I like really like the thing you said about communicating. Like that's the only yeah. way we're going to solve anything here. And a lot of people might like bemoan the death of like spontaneity. You're just like going for it. But like, especially if you're with someone uh, for the first time or yeah. potentially any time, like the only way you're going to make sure everyone's like crystal clear and comfortable shit and on the same page is just by like talking about it. Yeah. And there's like, 
there's like, yeah, like non-weird ways. Like you don't have to like stop everything and like make a cup of tea and sit down and be like, okay, let's talk about consent. You can just be like, are you cool with this? Yeah. Uh, you said something about how men want to do it because they want women to feel sexy. That's not, no, men want to do it because they want to get fucking laid. There are a zillion other ways to make women feel sexy. Like even just saying the words, you are sexy. Is okay, good. that's a good point. That's a good one. And then what was the last thing you just said? Oh, um, like, fuck, fuck your ego, dude. It's like even if a girl is shooting you down and even if she's like, we are never going to have sex ever because like I just smelled you and you're repulsive to me or. Uh, well, I'm not talking about as you're approaching girls before. Like I'm talking about even when that, you're in the moment. Even in the moment, if a girl's like. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm saying. If she wasn't attracted to me, she wouldn't have taken off her shirt and we wouldn't have been French kissing. And she could change her mind. She could get what I've, what has been termed the ick. When you're totally into somebody and then something happens, it sounds like a Seinfeld episode where it's like something about the other person just starts grossing you out. And the first time you think about them and you go, ick, that's called the ick. And then lots of the times there's no coming back from that. So you could like... Like Derek said, it doesn't even have to be at the beginning. Like you could be casually dating someone for two months and then either you or her or if you're a female, you or him, just like you're making out and then you're like, oh, I don't feel this anymore. You're allowed to just be like, yeah, I don't like this anymore. Like we – I did give you consent and we have had like crazy like burn the sheet sex but all of that stops. Like – that's another thing that we have to talk about too is because even if you have gone all the way – Previously. St- even if you're mid going all the way, you both have to be f- like OK with going forward. There's no like, oh, I've already been down this road so I know the direction. So I, I think – and that, that's the, the worst thing is something dudes have to be like super, super aware of is like even if you're like – making out with the girl and she's got her shirt off. Like there could be a zillion reasons that she's doing that. Yeah. And talking to a lot of women, I know in a lot of situations, women will just like go along with that shit because they feel unsafe saying no, which is like the most awful thing in the world. Yeah. That like, I hear that. And then I think back and then I was like, Oh my God, did a girl take her shirt off because she felt unsafe, unsafe saying no to me. And that just like well, no, not makes my like, heart curdle a little bit. Look at, look at you. Well, Derek. You're I, not an imposing man. Derek, they can't see me. You're not like – We no. can just lie and say that I'm like super ripped. Like I'm, I'm very pr- handsome. I'm pretty confident that most women in my rich and varied sexual history have uh, made out with me because they uh, liked me or were attracted to me. Because, again, I'm, I'm a diminutive man. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty scrawny. Uh, so I hope that nobody's ever felt, like, physically, physically threatened by me. Um, but the thing is, most women, even though you are very small and very demure <laughs> and have piano player hands. Thanks, Dale. Thank you. There are women that are smaller than you still. Like, that's another thing, too, is, one like, I'm a pretty big guy, like, on the larger side. And I don't think of myself as an impending physical presence, nor do you, because we look at all the way where we don't measure up physically. But 
there are still women who see us and we are still like bigger and stronger than them. So they would be afraid. So another thing too is you have to admit that women, why women would be afraid of you even though you don't think of yourself as as intimidating at all. That's actually a great point, Dale. Yeah. Wait, so where do we land? So Aziz is okay? Yeah, Aziz is okay because he admitted his wrongs, said that he and men in general have to move forward trying to make uh, more effort to make everybody feel comfortable and try to be better lovers pretty much. All right. Did we talk about this? Um, I think it was the last episode you and I recorded before I left where we mm-hmm. talked about that fucking, what was it, like an Old Spice commercial? Gillette? Oh, Gillette yeah, commercial. That, that where, wasn't the last one. That was like I think 74 yeah. or 73. But there was that Gillette ad and like, dudes, just like, just, just admit that that like yeah we, we have work to do and there's things you can do personally and also dudes if you're like one of those guys who thinks like i make a lot of effort i'm perfect this is for the other people well you're wrong because even though i'm nearly perfect i'm like i could probably be better so nearly perfect dale See, you're like you're right there buddy yeah and it's and the whole thing is don't be better because you're shitty just be better because everybody could always be a better person. Yeah. Further to that, no, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. We can all be better. We can co- definitely collectively be better. Yeah. We're at an hour. Do you want to, do you want to do the 50 cent thing really quick? Uh, yeah. Cause I don't know how this would happen. So 50 cent is going to take legal action against the, leader of the Brooklyn police force, which I always think just immediately think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which kind of derails this story. But what happened was at the roll call meeting in the morning, the head officer, was it the captain or was it someone just leading the roll call thing? Uh, it's it's It just says officer in charge. What was he? Room. He was a commander. So Yeah, the commander. So I don't know if that's I'm captain, not sure where that falls in the police hierarchy. Chief, yeah. Anyways, so he says to shoot 50 Cent on sight if you see him. And I don't (coughs) – like there's – and I looked into this and nothing was like why the fuck would a police commander say shoot a very uh, famous person on sight? Well, plus 50 Cent isn't like – like he's he's you know, he's famous but he hasn't been particularly like culturally relevant for like the past like – Decade? Yeah, I mean like the, – So it's a weird choice. The last time 50 Cent was relevant was when they're like, you can't claim bankruptcy because you have this Bitcoin you can't right. access. And that was like two years ago. So I guess maybe – and Maybe he also lost money on Bitcoin? Like I yeah, don't – maybe he's so, just mad about the Bitcoin thing? And now where it stands is 50 Cent is lawyering up as he should because that's – I would see – I would see that as – uh, threat on your life directly, like a commander telling police officers if they see you to kill you or to shoot you at least. Was it shoot on sight or kill on sight? I think it was shoot on sight. And uh, the NYPD, like the New York Police Department as a whole, is looking into just how the fuck this could happen. Like, what do you think? How? Let's let's just randomly grasp at straws and see. Yes, what we think this guy's motives are. 50 Cent fucked his wife. That's like that, number one, top of the charts. 
I think uh, that he, is solid without reading any factual news about this whatsoever, which I have no intention of doing. I was just like, oh, that's an interesting headline. 50 Cent fucked this guy's wife and he's mobilizing the police force in Brooklyn to kill a man who fucked his wife. I have read literally one or two comment, one or two uh things about this story and they don't say his motive so you reading nothing is going to get Just you as bad as good yeah and of the two stories i read they do not they neither deny nor confirm that 50 cent has fucked this guy's wife but that is a very solid uh motive for him saying something like this and some people were saying like maybe it was a joke that was taken out of context but even if it was, if you're a commanding police officer, you don't get to make jokes about killing people anymore. Particularly black people in yeah. uh, in this day and age. Yeah, in this climate or any – like, yeah, it, that's kind of a uh, touchy subject there. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Cops. New York Shooting where black people. unarmed mm. black people mm. have been – Ah. Unjustfully killed by a lot of police officers. You never make jokes about that. Yeah, I might take a wide berth around that. Like, maybe if they were like, "Hey, if you see Bill Murray, shoot him on sight." I think, I think you could. Everyone could have a good laugh about. Ah, no, Bill Murray's a fucking saint. I wouldn't want that. Either. Yeah, everybody. Like, I think everybody would be like, "Wait, what? Who's like, that guy who fuck? fucking plays uh, Sheldon Cooper in The Big Bang Theory?" Uh, yeah, everybody you know. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that guy is obnoxious, but. That guy is a homosexual, so you can't even joke about is that. Is he? Yes. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm, for the first time ever, I'm going to have to go back and edit something out of this. <laughs> no, you didn't know. But This like, is a hate crime now. This podcast episode no. is a hate crime. See, you can't say, go shoot that guy ever if you're the police. That's the whole point of it. Because, like, Derek picked, like, the one situation that he thought it would be okay to joke about saying that and it wasn't okay and that is empirical evidence that commanding officers should never tell their uh subordinates to shoot someone on sight i'm still trying to there's got to be someone out there carrot top is he gay no okay carrot top but he's a ginger does that count mm, I, don't know. I don't think they're a protected class uh but if what we about- have any ginger listeners which i know we do Tell us if what, this will qualify. What about the other guy from the Big Bang Theory, the guy with glasses? Oh, uh, no, I like him. Uh, okay. Uh, he was on Roseanne right? yeah, back in the day. that guy. Yeah, he's okay. Okay. Uh, what about Newman from Seinfeld? Uh, I, I like him. What about... He was Nedry in Jurassic Park. Oh, I yeah. I respect that. Nedry. Ah, ah, ah. Not without the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. Not without the magic word. We should probably end this now. Uh, I did want to touch on the Amber Alert thing, but we could always... We'll talk about that next week. Fuck, whatever. Do you want to just quickly... Because pretty much it's like... It's only like... There's not much to say about it. It's just that people are fucking pieces of shit because of what happened. Uh, So there was an Amber Alert issued in uh, the province of Ontario earlier this week for an 11-year-old girl who was abducted by her father. Uh, The Amber Alert... So you know how Amber Alerts come as a push notification to your phone. You get that loud blaring noise so everyone knows that, hey, there's a fucking Amber Alert. Look out for this kid. Um, It was while people were sleeping. 
people lost their shit and started calling in to 911 to complain that the Amber Alert had woken them up. So, fuck those people. You're an asshole. The 11-year-old girl ended up being murdered by her father. Which is terrible. Yeah. But... Uh, the reason we have these Amber, Amber Alerts is to try save these kids that, like, if so, this is happening way too often, enough to the point where they're sending messages to everybody's cell phone. Yeah. So if you get an Amber Alert, don't call 911 and tie up the lines. Don't call it 911. That's that fucking, that thing that happened in the U.S. Yeah. 911 is the number you dial. 911 is when the Twin Towers You dial 911. Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't call nine one one, and uh, yeah, like, do people not know how to put their phone on silent? Well, I'm just like, fuck, I, I actually off? think I think it's designed to override silent mode on your phone. Oh, off, is it? Off, it wouldn't work. But I think even if your phone's on silent, regardless of that, fuck your precious sleep. Go back to sleep in like ten minutes. Make yourself a cup of warm milk. Have a nice bath. Light some candles. Whatever. A fucking kid died. Fuck yourselves. Do I have a superpower where if my phone goes off, I can look at my phone, see it's not important, and just go back to sleep? Weird. Yeah. Like, am I? Yeah. Is this? Like, when I wanted. That is unique to you and you alone. When I said I wanted a superpower all through my childhood and most of my adulthood up until yesterday, I feel kind of cheapened because I was expecting to be able to fly or go invisible, not just be able to go to sleep again. I mean, the ability to like will yourself to sleep on command is pretty dope when you think about it. A lot of people would really like to have that. Well, uh... Do you sleep, like, planes? Flights? Can you sleep on flights? Yeah. Like, really easily? Not easily, but if I put on music that I like... Like, you put on instrumental music that's like slow and melodic and then you can fall asleep there's a guy i travel with uh for work a lot he's he's part of the camera crew that i travel around the states yeah. with filming uh law firms and he uh fucking guaranteed sit like sits in the seat on a plane and it doesn't matter if it's like a four-hour flight or a 45-minute flight he will like fall asleep instantaneously and not wake up until the flight is landing i'm it's gonna amazing. give everybody a little bit of advice on how to sleep on flights it's like in the avengers when they asked um bruce banner they're like how do you turn into the hulk like how can you cue it up and he's like the secret is i'm always angry now if you keep yourself always tired all the time you can fall asleep on flights and you can wake up in the middle of the night and fall back asleep because you're always tired that's great advice so Dale just, like, told all of us how to become superheroes. Yeah, just be tired all the time. And anyone who got upset about that <laughs> Amber Alert, please listen to this and don't be such a shitty, selfish idiot next Yeah, time. see, the way I interpret that is if you can wake up, look at your phone, and not be able to go back to sleep, then you're getting too much sleep, so fuck you, because you're getting more sleep than me. Okay. Wait, I shouldn't say fuck you, because... It's pretty you can much. Say it. It's already out there. It's only my no fault taking that it back. I don't get enough sleep. I like. I don't want to. No pretend taking it back. Like I'm some hard done by guy. Whereas the only reason I'm staying up too late is because I'm watching Netflix. Hey, everyone who gets eight hours of sleep a night, fuck you from Dale DeRuder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Outrage Factory <laughs> and letting us invade your ear holes. Uh, I have been your co-host Derek Bolin. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Herder. 
And I'm Dale DeRuiter, and I just want to apologize. I was trying to make your ear holes feel as comfortable as possible, and I Shit, didn't want me to talk. Why I didn't did want I to invade them without. I mean, I you did say you wanted to listen to the podcast, so you turned it on, and I didn't want to push my luck by invading your ear holes. But oh, uh, you no, can gotta, find no, you can find the sensitive, thoughtful co-host of this podcast. Yeah, I'm the fucking, on the Twitter. I'm the single one, man. Oh yeah. Okay, wait. I'm the asshole. Derek's the sensitive type because he he's like we should all feel bad because he's got to go fucking like try to make his way through being single in 2019. And from what I see on the internet, how much people are complaining about it on Twitter, it must be fucking awful. It's great. I like it a lot. We'll discuss that in a future wait, podcast episode. But then why is everybody complaining about it? Yeah, something? I don't know why why anyone would go on social media and complain about things when they aren't actually that bad. But You know uh, what I heard? I heard that if you go on the internet and you're like, I cannot find anybody who will kiss me on the mouth, life is terrible – that that drives people to want to kiss you on the mouth more. Yeah, women really, really like uh, desperation in a yeah. man more than anything. Uh, yeah. That's the most attractive quality you can have. So if you sit there and uh, just bitch endlessly about how uh, women generally find you repulsive, you'll find a mate like, like that. Now, there you go. That's some fucking sage dating advice from Derek. I'm super Dalebot on Twitter. I didn't say that. Super. <laughs> you got there yeah. eventually in a very yeah. roundabout way. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Outrage Fact Pod. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Outrage Fact Pod. Yeah. This whole episode's like the fucking Lord of the Rings, the third one, where it just fucking wouldn't end. They're like, all right, they dropped off the ring. And Whatever. Like, we were, I was gone for like two weeks. Frodo wakes up in the bed. You're like, all right, now they're done. <laughs> they're like weirdly jumping on the bed in a dreamscape. And then, nope, they're going to go get Bilbo. And you're like, all right, it's done now. And then like, nope, they're going on the boat. All right, it's done now. Yeah. And then it's finally done. Yeah. Which is that this point, except for, okay. uh, what was the other thing? If you have money to give to us, give it to us on Patreon. And, uh, oh, if you have listened to the entire hour and 14 minutes of this podcast episode to hear this one nugget, let this be the only thing you take with you. Also, the thing about how you should vaccinate your kids and also the thing about how you shouldn't rape women. Uh, please go to where you get your podcasts, uh, review, rate, uh, and subscribe to us uh, or just tell your friends about us. It means the world to us. Mm-hmm. Anything and, else, Dale? Uh, stay angry. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>